0: Well, good morning and welcome to Pinion Hills Community Church Online. I want to give a shout out to all the people that are watching all over the world. If you're watching on Facebook right now, thank you for joining us on YouTube, Vimeo, IGTV, phcc.church, phcc.online.church. Wherever you're watching from around the world, thank you for joining us this morning. I got two challenges for you this morning as we get started. Number one, share the love. I want to encourage you to share today's message with other people. Uh, the, quite frankly, the, the love of God is what should be going viral right now, not the coronavirus. So share it on social media, share it by texting it, emailing it, share the love right now. Perhaps the message of today is what people need to hear. Uh, and let's help that message, the message of God's love go viral. Number two, second thing I want to encourage you to do, download today's notes for the sermon. You can visit uh, phcc.church slash resources and download today's message notes there, or you can get them on the Version app as well. So I would encourage you, share the love, download today's notes, and that would be a great start for today's sermon. Now, today, we're continuing on in our series that we started last week called Interrupted. Now, so far, we've been interrupted with this COVID-19 virus for only a couple of weeks, and people are responding in many different ways. For example, there's a guy that apparently wanted to get exercise in, but he's very limited as far as how he can do that. So he tried something very creative. Check out this video. You got to do what you got to do. You get a workout done right there in the kitchen. Hopefully you just don't crack your forehead on the counter as well. Now now other people are doing creative things as well. Uh, there's other videos that perhaps you've seen. There's another video of a guy that's getting pretty lonely in his apartment or his house. So he's trying to, to break the silence with other people, have more social engagement. Check out this clip. Chin chin, thank you for coming chin chin. Chin chin. Chin chin. Thank you tin guys. Chin chin. Chin chin. Chin chin. Chin chin. Chin, chin thank you for coming. Chin chin, 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 chin. Thank you, chin ching guys. Chin chin. Chin chin, chin chin. Thank you for coming. Chin, chin. chin, chin. chin, chin. Thank you, chin, chin guys. Chin chin. That's hilarious. It's so funny. It's hilarious. Ching chin chin chin, chin, chin chin, chin. Cheers. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, There's another person that is apparently getting so lonely that he created a new pet and a new game all at the same time. Check out this video. People are pretty creative, I gotta hand it to them. People are responding in all sorts of different creative ways while we're in this lockdown, while we're in this pandemic. Now, other people are, are uh, reacting in ways that are, are not positive, not healthy, not good ways. In fact, I, I don't know if you saw this in the news or not, but just last week, there was a person who hijacked a semi-truck full of toilet paper. Who does that? Who hijacks semi-trucks full of toilet paper? The police saw the truck, they chased him down. By the time they actually caught him, man, that driver was wiped. I cracked myself up. There's there's people, that's a true story, by the way. There's another story uh, that people are just doing completely absurd things. Have you heard about this? The COVID-19 toilet licking challenge? This blows my mind. I kid you not. This is an actual story. A couple days ago, this 22-year-old woman on on an airline, on a flight, goes into the, the bathroom on the plane and makes a video of herself licking the toilet seat. Who in the world does this kind of stuff? Probably the same people that, you know, do the Tide Pod challenge from, you know, a year ago or two years ago, but who does this stuff? That's completely absurd. Now you would think that most people would be like, oh, that's disgusting. Why would somebody lick their toilet seat? But there's thousands of people that are now taking the COVID-19 challenge and licking their toilet seats at home. This is insane. What, what's this world come to? When I have to say on a live stream for a church, don't lick your toilet seats at home. In fact, I know that many of you, you're probably tempted right now to go start making out with your porcelain throne. But before you do that, before you go lick your toilet, I understand that this has backfired for some people. There was one particular person last week who tried this COVID-19 toilet licking challenge, actually came down with COVID-19, and now he's in a hospital on a ventilator. Don't lick your toilets, that's stupid. People are reacting in some really, really dumb ways. Creative ways, dumb ways. There's a whole other group of people that are responding in noble ways. I've heard about uh, restaurants that are making a ton of food and delivering it to hospitals for the doctors and the nurses and the people on the front lines. That's awesome. I've heard of other people that are, are flocking to churches. In fact, thousands, if not millions of people are flocking to churches, not to the physical locations because they're all closed worldwide, but the online services. In fact, thousands of churches live streams last year or last week crashed because so many people were trying to go on their live streams. We we're one of those. Our nine o'clock service last week got shut down because there's so many people trying to log on. That I'm thankful for because this is a time that people need the hope of God, the peace of God. So thousands, if not millions, of people coming back to the church is a good thing. I'm encouraged by that. I'm also encouraged by some of the other no- news that you probably have seen just on this last Thursday, a couple of days ago. Congress sent a bill to to uh, to get passed for uh, for for helping right now, and it's the stimulus bill. It's called the CARES Act, and in the CARES Act, this is what you've seen on the news that's been helpful, or that's going to help uh, families by sending checks of $1,200 and $500 for each child. It's helpful for families, but it's also helpful to people who own small businesses. In fact, if you're watching right now, if you're a small business owner, you know a small business owner, tag them, because the Stimulus Act is a game changer for small business owners. It helps you with your mortgage payments, your interest, your PMI, your utilities, your payroll. There's all sorts of different things that can help you get through this time. I'm also thankful for whoever it was in Congress just a few days ago that added 501c3 nonprofit organizations to be a part of the stimulus bill. Just four or five days ago, nonprofits, churches, they weren't included, but now they're included as well. So if you happen to be another pastor of another church, if you're over a nonprofit, a 501c3, the stimulus bill, the CARES Act is really helpful to you as well. So I'm encouraged by that. I'm thankful for the House, for the Senate, for President Trump for signing this and pushing this CARES Act through because it's going to be helpful to a lot of different people. Now, I'm also thankful for people in our local community. Perhaps you've seen it on social media. There's a, what's called the Chalk Squad. People went around last week and started tagging people's driveways. This is a picture, I know it's really hard to see, but there's a, a cul-de-sac with some, uh, some uh, got tagged with chalk where some people went around and started spreading hope and joy on the driveways. We'll put up the next picture. You can see it a little bit closer. It says, be still and know that I am God. I love the Chalk Squad. Whoever you are, I know you're anonymous. Whoever you are, keep spreading the hope and the joy during this time. I'm, I'm encouraged by that. I'm encouraged by many people who are sending in encouraging letters and notes to myself, to the staff. In fact, we just received uh, a letter to the Pinion Hills Academy a few days ago. One of the parents of one of the students in our academy, Pinion Hills Academy, wrote a letter that said this. She said, I just wanted to email you and say how much uh, I'm thankful for you keeping us updated. Our student's teacher at Pinion Hills Academy has done an amazing job interacting through online education and making sure that we have what we need. I want to let you know that I would prefer to keep paying tuition if it means that teachers can still be paid. I truly value the teachers, and I want to make sure that they have the funds that they count on. For the person that wrote this letter, thank you. Thank you very much. I know that many people are are asking the question, do we get discounts on tuition? And it's not just our school; it's private schools around the world. Can we have discounts on tuition? Because everything's online. But there's some people that are sending letters saying, we don't want a discount. We just want to support people during this time. In fact, that's one letter we've received. We've received several letters from people saying, we don't want a discount. We want to take care of the teachers and the administration. In fact, I'm thankful also for those of you who are continuing to give your tithes and your gifts and your offerings to Pinion Hills Community Church. Thank you. I've heard stories of people who, who have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in the stock market and yet you're you're still giving. Thank you. I've heard stories of people who've been laid off from their jobs and yet you're still giving. Thank you. I've heard stories of people who have no income right now, yet you're still trusting in God and you're still being obedient. Thank you. You're not just keeping me employed, you're keeping other staff members employed, but you're also spreading hope and joy and peace to thousands of people around the world. And for that, I am thankful. I'm very, very grateful. Now, let me show you some statistics with you from last week. Last week, what was needed in our church was $39,442. That's what was needed. What was given was $27,446. Now, there's about a $12,000 difference between these numbers. This number down here needs to be higher than this number. This is the basics of accounting. This is like Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey stuff, right? You can't spend. You can't spend more than what you actually have. So this number, in the last year, year and a half or so, this number has been consistently higher than this number, and that's good, that's where you want it to be. This number needs to be higher than that number. Now in the last few weeks, this number has unfortunately been lower. Yet, that being said, there's still people who are giving and donating. And again, thank you. If you haven't been giving, I would encourage you, be generous and sacrificial because you're impacting people whom you will never even meet. So again, there's three ways you can give to Pinion Hills Community Church. Number one, you can give online at give.phcc.church. Number two, you can send a text message with the word give, the keyword give, to 505-412-4880. Or you can mail a check to PHCC, Pinion Hills Community Church at 5101 North Dustin 87401. Multiple ways you can give. And for those of you who still are giving. I want to say thank you. I'm grateful for you. Let me read another letter of somebody from our community that sent me a message just a few days ago. She said this. She said, Pastor Matt, thank you for going live yesterday. My family and I watched it recorded about an hour later. The part that stuck out to me was when you said, when we are weak, he is strong. As you said that, tears filled my face. I have felt so weak from having pneumonia for the last 18 days. There are days that I don't, don't even have the energy to lift my head from my pillow. So thank you again for supporting us. And for the woman who wrote me that message, Number three things I don't want to tell you. Number one is uh, you're welcome. But number two... I can't take all credit for it because there's many people giving their ties and their offerings or the gifts that are allowing us to continue to do this broadcast and continue staying on the air with the live stream and continue doing what we're doing by creating engagement. So I can't take all credit. It's our staff, it's our team, it's our volunteers, and it's people who are still generous during this time. Uh, so that's the thir- the second thing. The third thing is that I want to let you know, for the person who wrote me this letter, I'm going to continue to support you, continue to pray for you, not just you, for many other people in our, in our area, in our county as well. Uh, we want to come alongside you during the time and lift you up in support and prayer. Now, speaking about prayer, many of you know that this coming Saturday, Saturday, April 4th, was going to be a One Church Serve Day. Now, we've postponed that. We have a lot of different projects throughout San Juan County that we're going to go and serve our community together in the name of Jesus. But we've paused all those campaigns, all those projects right now. We'll do them at a later date. But instead, I've talked to a lot of the pastors in the One Church Network. This coming Saturday, instead of having One Church Serve Day, we've changed it. We've shifted it to One Church Prayer Day. And I want to extend the invitation to you. Will you join us? No matter where you live in the world, will you join us this coming Saturday, April 4th, for a day of prayer? Let me read to you a verse from Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 7.14 says this, If my people who are called by my name, God says, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Friend, this is the prayer that we're going to be praying this coming Saturday on April 4th, but not just Pinion Hills, all sorts of churches throughout San Juan County, perhaps people from all over the world would be praying this prayer. So here's how this looks. I don't want you to come to the church, but from your living room, perhaps from your backyard, from your bedroom, wherever you're going to be on Saturday, will you take some time to pray? Maybe skip the meal, maybe fast in the morning and, and instead use that time that you would have been eating for breakfast or lunch or whatever. Use that time to pray and seek God's face and pray that he will heal our land. Will you join us this coming Saturday on April 4th? We are one body, we are one church, and we are one voice asking and pleading to our one God that he will heal our land. Join us this coming Saturday, April 4th. Now that's in a couple days from now. Today, we're going to continue on studying God's word because there's a lot of good nuggets in God's word that can provide help and peace and comfort to us during this time. So if you happen to have your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter 5 verse 10. Now as you turn there, This is a verse that we read in one of our live stream videos just a couple days ago. And uh, I read the verse and I, I talked about it in the live stream a few days ago in the midweek uh, live stream video. We're going to dive in a little bit deeper and talk more about it today. In fact, today we're going to really dissect a lot of the words and the phrases and really get as much as of this verse as we possibly can out of this. So if you happen to have a paper Bible that you're reading from, highlight this verse, First Peter 5, 10, underline it, star it, asterisk it, circle it, do whatever you got to do, because this is a verse that might provide comfort for you in the days to come, weeks to come, months to come, perhaps for the rest of your life. So that being said, let's... Re- let's read it together. 1 Peter 5, verse 10 it says, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Now, like I said, we're going to pick this apart and we're going to, we're going to uh, dissect it word by word. First word I want to focus on is the, the second word up there, God. God. <laughs> I think it'll be on the screen. Uh, God gives us grace. God is all-powerful. It's God who is the creator, the designer of life. God is all-powerful. Look at this description of God's power, power from Job 26. Job 26 says this, God spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth over nothing. He wraps up the waters in his clouds, yet the clouds do not burst under their weight. He covers the face of the full moon, spreading his clouds over it. He marks out the horizon on the face of the waters for a boundary between light and darkness. The pillars of the heavens quake aghast at his rebuke. This is a description of an all-powerful God. If you're taking notes today, you can can write this in your notes. God is all-powerful. God is all-powerful. The author of Job in Job 26 comes back and it continues describing. Let's go back to Job 26, 14. He says this. He says, and these are the outer fringe of his works. This is just the beginning of the description of God's power. It's just the outer fringe, just the, the tip of the iceberg he's describing. And he says, how faint the whisper we hear of God. What we see, what we hear of God is just a little bit of how grand, how big, how magnificent. And then he says this in Job 26:14. 14. He says, who then can understand the thunder of his power? I love that phrase, the thunder of his power. God is all powerful. So let's go back to our verse that we're gonna to dissect today, 1 Peter five ten. It says this, God, the, the all powerful God will restore you. It's an all powerful God. And you notice it doesn't say he might restore you. He can restore you. He has the capability of restoring you. It says, God will restore you. He will restore you. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. God will restore you. Now, even if, even if I come down with COVID-19, perhaps even if you come down with the coronavirus, or maybe you're already sick, even if we get sick, even if we die from this, God still will restore us. This is a promise. Let's put that verse back up. First Peter 5, 10, once again, God's going to restore us. God will restore us. And even if he takes us home, we go home to eternal glory. Worst case scenario is not if I die from this virus, if you die from this virus, that's not worst case scenario. You know what worst case scenario is? It's if you don't have a relationship with Christ. Friends, that's worst case scenario. When you die and you're not going to be in the presence of God, you're not going to go to heaven. That's worst case scenario, but God will restore you. Whether he's going to get us through this virus and he takes us home at another time, or whether he takes us to eternal glory now, either way, he's going to restore us. Now friends, it's not all that bad. If he takes us, it's not all that bad. Because whether it's we're going to get through this on earth or whether we go to heaven, it's not going to be that back because heaven is beautiful. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Remember the Lord's Prayer? Jesus says, this is how you should pray. Let's put the Lord's Prayer up. Let's, let's look at this real quick. It says, our Father in heaven. Jesus said this. He said, here's how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He continues on. He says, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. But in verse 10, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God will restore you, whether here on earth or in heaven. Either way, He will restore you. He's got you. He's going to take care of you. If you get through this, then great. But if you go to heaven, whether because of of the, of the coronavirus or a heart attack or a car accident, if you wind up in heaven, it's not going to be all that bad, friends. You know why? Because you get to walk on streets of gold, you get to rejoice with angels. You get to be in the presence of God Almighty, the all-powerful God Almighty. You get to be right there with him. You can ask him whatever questions that you want, anything on your mind, anything on your heart. You get to ask God in his presence when you're in heaven, whatever you want. Perhaps you would ask him, God, why is your favorite football team the Cowboys rather than the Broncos? (laughs) Maybe I would ask him, hey, God, where, where's, the, where's the buffet of Oreos? Where's the manna-stuffed Oreos? That's perhaps what I would ask, but perhaps you or I would ask more serious questions. Maybe what I would ask him, God, why did both my mom and my sister come down with breast, breast cancer? Maybe you would ask the question, God, why did so many people, thousands of people, die from the coronavirus? God, why do viruses even exist in the first place? Quite frankly, there's a lot of questions that I have for God that this side of eternity, I'm not going to get answered, nor will you. But someday in the presence of God himself, the all-powerful God, you can ask whatever questions that you want, and you can get the responses to the questions that you've always asked for your entire life. It's not that bad if we get to go spend eternal glory with God. Worst case scenario is that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You don't have eternal glory. But worst case, and you and I pass away from this, it's going to be okay. God will restore Us now, as we continue dissecting this verse, God Himself will restore us. Look at this verse: God will Himself restore you. It's Him. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. God Himself will restore you. Now, I'm thankful. For this CARES Act that was just passed by Congress and the President, I'm thank you thankful for the stimulus bill. It's going to help millions of people, perhaps get back on their feet. I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful for the Senate. I'm thankful for the House. I'm thankful for President Trump. I'm grateful for all of that. I even believe that the stock market, it's been tanking and tanking and tanking, and people have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in the markets. I even believe that when this whole uh, this virus, when the curve goes the other direction in the United States and the infections start going down, I think the stock market's going to go go back up. In fact, I think it's likely going to to succeed past where it was before the whole tank started to begin. So I have the confidence in that yet again, God is powerful. God is the one that's going to restore us. Not Trump, not Congress, not the House, not the Senate, not Wall Street. God is going to restore us. He himself will restore us. It's important to understand that that's where our strength comes from. God himself will restore us. Now let's keep dissecting this verse. God will restore you himself. You can have eternal glory or he's going to restore you now, one as on earth as it is in heaven. God will restore you himself. And how is he going to do it? By making you strong and firm and steadfast. He will make you strong and firm and steadfast. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. God gives us our strength. God gives us strength. When you are weak, he is strong. Look what what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12. He said, Jesus said to me, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me, Verse 10, he says that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. How is he strong? Because God is giving him strength. Look at what Samuel, the prophet in the Old Testament says in 2 Samuel 22. He says, who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. God is the one who gives us strength. He makes our path straight. He makes our way secure. God gives us Strength. So let's go back to 1 Peter 5, 10 again, because here's, here's what we're, we're dissecting as we're going along. God will himself restore you by giving you str- making you strong and firm and steadfast. But there's another phrase in there that I think might provide encouragement for you after you have suffered a little while. After you've suffered for a little while. Friends, this coronavirus is not gonna be forever. You're only gonna suffer for a little while. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. Our suffering is only for a little while. Now, if you happen to have been laid off from your job, the pain is real. The suffering is real. I understand the weight of that feeling. I've been there myself. I understand how that feels. But what I can tell you is even though I can't take away the suffering, what I can encourage you with is that it's only going to last for a little while. Perhaps you've lost your income in the, the last few days or few weeks, and you feel like, oh, I don't know where I'm going to get get money from. I don't know how I'm going to put food on the table. And as as painful as this suffering is right now, I can encourage you with it. it's not going to be forever. Jobs are going to come back. It's only going to be a little while. Perhaps you're forced to stay at home because you have a role, a job, a career that's considered non-essential. So you're bored out of your mind at home right now and you're like, I'm going crazy right now. This isn't forever. This is just for a little while. Perhaps you end up a different role that's considered essential and you're working your tail off and you're working extra shifts and you're exhausted right now and this is not sustainable. Friends, this is not going to be forever. This is only for a little while. Perhaps you've been forced to become a a homeschool teacher because kids are now staying home for the rest of the school year and you're like, I don't know how to do this. I'm not equipped to do this. This isn't forever. This isn't the new normal. This is only for a little while. Perhaps you're a high school senior, maybe you're a college senior, and you've been working for four years, for the last four years to to get to the point where you're at, and you feel like in the last four days, everything's been vaporized that you've been working for. For you high school seniors, there's no prom, there's no sports, there's no walking the line for graduation, you feel like your whole world is crashing down around you, and you feel like, gosh, you've been working and working and working, and now for what? And you feel like everything's gone, everything's lost. And I can tell you the suffering is real, the pain is real. And I get that and I understand that, but I can encourage you, it's only going to last for a little while. Your life is not ruined, senior. The rest of your life, you've got a lot of great memories, a lot of great things that are coming in your future. Just because the the second half of your, your last semester of high school has been vaporized doesn't mean that everything's gone. The suffering you're going through right now is just A little while, no matter what suffering, no matter what pain, no matter what grief you're going through, friends, it's just a little while. Now, if you're tracking with me right now, you're probably thinking, okay, well, Matt, I'm good with a little while. I can hang for a little while, but how long is a little while? Are we talking a few days, a few weeks, a few months, a few years? How long is, quote unquote, a little while? And if you're asking that question right now, you're not the first person to ask that question because 2,000 years ago, Jesus told his disciples, he said, hey, I'm going to leave For a little while. And then in a little while, I'm going to come back. And the disciples were like, wait, what does that mean? Can you define what a little while means? Let's look at the story. John chapter 16, starting in verse 16 through 22. Jesus went on to say to his disciples, he says, in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. Verse 17, at this, some of the disciples said to one another, what does Jesus mean by saying in a little while we'll see him no more? And then after a little while, we'll see him again because I'm going to the Father. Verse 18, they kept asking, what does Jesus mean by saying, quote unquote, a little while? What does that mean? We don't understand what he's saying. Verse 19, Jesus saw that they were asking or they wanted to ask him about this. So they said, so Jesus said to the disciples, are you asking one another about what I meant when I said in a little while, I'm going to, you're going to see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. Very truly, I tell you, we, uh, you will weep and mourn while, when the world rejoices. And what he's talking about is his crucifixion that's coming. You will weep and mourn when the world rejoices, when he's crucified. But then he continues on. You're going to weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. Verse 21, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because the time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into this world. And then verse 22, Jesus says to the disciples, and perhaps he says to you, So with you, now is your time of grief, but, you, or, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Now, notice what Jesus doesn't say. The disciples were asking him, can you define a little while, please? Can you tell me how long a little while is going to be? Nowhere in this section of scripture does Jesus say how long a little while is. But here's what Jesus does say. He says, hey, right now you've got grief, but that grief's going to turn to joy. Right now you've got grief, but it's going to turn into joy that nobody can take away from you. And friends, that's the message that I would tell you right now. Right right now we're going through this storm and right now there's suffering and there's grief. And you're like, how long do I got to hold on? How long is a little while? I can deal with a little while, but how long is that going to take place? How long do I got to endure this? My grief, your grief is going to turn to joy after a little while. Jesus doesn't say how long a little while is. So that begs the question, what do you do for the little while? While you're waiting for your grief to turn to joy, what do you do while waiting for that to take place? Here's my encouragement. My encouragement to you is to draw near to God during this little while. Not just during the little while, for the rest of your lives, but during this time, while you're waiting for your grief, your suffering to turn to joy that nobody can take away from you. Draw close to God. Here's why. Let me read a few verses to you. Psalm 34, 17 and 18 says this. It says, the righteous cry out. And the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Revelation 21.4 says, God will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Psalm 147.3 says, God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Friends, you can run away from God. You can be angry at God. You can point the finger at God. You can flip God off. You can do whatever you want and get away from God. Or you can say, you know what? I'm waiting for my grief to turn to joy. So in a little while, for this time, I'm going to draw close to God. Because quite frankly, many of you are far from God. Perhaps you've blamed God. Perhaps you're angry at God. But you can draw close to God because God brings peace and comfort. He wipes the tears from our eyes. He's right there in the middle of the storm with us. You can run for, for, from him or you can run to him. My hope, my prayer, my challenge, friends, is that you choose to run to the Father. Listen to the words of this song. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. we my My soul needs a friend, so I run to the fire.
0: God is a God who loves you, cherishes you, adores you, and God will restore you on earth or in heaven. He's going to restore you one way or the other by making you strong and firm and steadfast after you have suffered for a little while. So what do you do in a little while? What do you do in this time while you're waiting for your grief to turn to joy? Run to the Father. Go to God. Head over to God and allow him to wrap his arms around you. He is the God that comforts and provides peace and joy even in the middle of the storm. So run to God. Don't run from God. Don't blame God. Don't be angry at God. Run to him and allow him to do what he does best and provide his comfort. Run to the Father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you now and we say thank you for the fact that you show compassion, mercy and grace to us. The fact that you're there with us, during the storm, you wipe our tears, that you're there while we're hurting, during our suffering, while we have grief. God, we have confidence that you'll turn our grief to joy in a little while. So during this little while, God, I pray that we draw closer to you, that you would draw close to us, that we would feel your comfort, that you would be right alongside us during this time. God, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, Jesus, we're thankful for what you did for us on the cross, that you came and you paid the penalty that we owed for our sins. You gave up your very life for us, and we say thank you, Jesus. I know that there's hundreds if not thousands of people watching and praying right now along, along with this live stream that don't have a relationship with you, Jesus. So, so I, I pray right now that they can make my words their words that they can approach you right now. It says in scripture, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead, then we will be saved. So Jesus, we have the confidence that you are who you say you are, that you have the power, that you're the son of God, that you paid the penalty on the cross for each one of us. And we admit that we're sinful. We admit that we've made mistakes. We humble ourselves before you. And we ask that you heal our land. We ask that you heal ourselves. We thank you for the grace that you make available to us based on the cross, what you did. We want you to be the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You want us, we want you to be our Savior, Jesus. So we thank you for the fact that you welcome us with open arms. You accept us. You extend your love and your grace to us. We accept you as the leader and the Lord of our lives. And We say these things in Jesus' name, amen.